We are in Proverbs chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 11 tonight. As we talk about listening to wisdom's call, God calling out to us. So turn there with me, if you will. And ask when you um, find that to stand in God's honor. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what's right. My mouth speaks what's true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked, perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Let's pray. Master, we simply approach you. We need your voice, Father. We live in a land that does not hear you. We live in a land of chaos, Lord. There needs to be a hunger and a thirst for you. Father, we cannot make that happen, Lord. But you can turn our hearts once again to you. You say that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Father, that is a need. So we just approach you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, I listened to a message uh, yesterday on Naaman. And remember Naaman who was this great uh, warrior, Syrian uh, commander. And he ended up with leprosy. And the speaker was talking about the fact that You know, with leprosy, you lose the ability to feel pain and to know that you're hurt and that you're wounded. And he used examples from those who have worked with lepers and, you know, how literally their body would begin to fall apart because they didn't know the damage that was being done because they couldn't feel the pain. Talked about one little boy that reached in a fire to, you know, to pull something out of the fire and didn't even know he, you know, he'd hurt his hand because he couldn't feel it. And basically, uh, the speaker had made the point, now there's a comparison through scripture of leprosy with sin. And he defined leprosy as death by degrees. And as we look at our land, everybody's in there for pleasure. But it's pleasure that's for the moment. There's no sense of, is this going to hurt me? There's no recognition that pain may also accompany the immediate pleasure. As a result, 
that there's a connection that could be there. And as we look around us, quite honestly, sometimes my heart just breaks as I see people and I think, you did that? Don't you know how that's going to hurt the people who care about you? Don't you know how that's going to hurt you? And you know what? It's like they have leprosy. They have sin and they do not see the extent of the damage that happens when they make choices that leave God completely out of the mix. And as we look at this section of scripture tonight, it talks about wisdom. And what wisdom is, wisdom is when we live according to God's truth. God's truth is truth whether I believe it or not. God's truth is truth no matter my opinion. But wisdom is when I take that truth and I make it my life. When I live in accordance with that wisdom. Um, here's just some common sense kind of wisdom from children. Children can really tell it like it is. I, I love this. Uh, this is just a few from a list. Patrick, age 10. Never trust a dog to watch your food. It's pretty wise stuff. I know our dogs are... I don't think they really love us. I think they're just looking for food. But anyway. Uh, Michael, 14. When your dad is mad and asks you, do I look stupid, don't answer. It's pretty wise. Pretty wise. Uh, Michael said, never tell your mom her diet's not working. Yeah, that's good advice, Michael. <laughs> Better to find that, that out before you speak. Um, Kyoyo Age nine said, never hold a dustbuster and a cat at the same time. Yet problems can arise. Naomi, age 15. If you want a kitten, start out by asking for a horse. There you go, just work it in reverse. So. Lauren, age nine said, felt markers are not good to use as lipstick. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren. And Joel, age 10. Don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. Probably very good advice. And last one, Eileen, age eight, said, never try to baptize a cat. <laughs> and I think there's great wisdom in that. Let's look at these first five verses of our text. He says, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand Beside the gate leading into the city at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple gain prudence. You who are foolish gain understanding. We have a picture here of wisdom, which is God's truth, crying out to the community. Crying out to the people. This is what you need. This is the truth you need to follow. Hear my voice. Hear my cry. Hear my truth. May it become your truth. I love what Martin Luther used to say. He said, Christianity is all in the pronouns. <laughs> it's not just the gospel. It is my gospel. It is not just the Lord. He is my Lord. It's not just the Savior. He is my Savior. And wisdom happens when the personal pronouns come into account. And I personally am able to see the truth of God and my life submits to that truth. Wisdom does not just happen in a sanctuary. 
it does not just happen in a gathering of believers. Although wisdom obviously should be here. Wisdom happens wherever we go. And wherever we are when our lives are submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the blessings we had while we were in the hospital for a week uh, with Daniel, Cindy, more so than me, were the number of Christian nurses that we met and heard some wonderful testimonies. There's some real wisdom, guys. And it was a comfort to hear about these nurses who were there with people who were hurting and who were sick who were able to come in and say, this is how Jesus changed my life. And, and let me just share with you the difference he makes for me. Um, we heard uh, accounts of how uh, lady nurses, how, how their husbands were saved. Uh, ch- children who had, had gone through great uh, tragedy and, and, and how God spared uh, their family. And, and, and just that he was at work. You see, that's wisdom. It's the beauty of God at work when we look not just in the church, but outside the church and see the church. Because as this is, you know, as the sign says out here, the meeting place of Kingsway Baptist Church, this may be our meeting place, but that is not the only place we go. As God takes us all around this community, all around the Tri-Cities, His light has opportunity to shine and wisdom is shared through our lives as we follow him. (laughs) Little Johnny, he walked in the house covered in filth from head to toe, been playing in the mud. And his mom asked, Johnny, why do you always get so dirty? And he rolled his eyes and he said, because I'm a lot closer to the ground than you are. One of the secrets of the Christian life is understanding that we're sinners, that we're dirty. I'm not above you. I struggle. And there is a vulnerability in being able to be honest and and being able to say, man, I don't have it together. Like we were sharing from Paul this morning. He says, not that I've already obtained all this or already been made perfect, but I press on. The, the goal, it's not that I'm, I'm perfect, it's that I want to progress. I want to be like Christ. And little Johnny understands, man, I'm closer to the ground. That's why I get dirty. You know, I'm real. I'm genuine. I'm not some crystal saint that, you know, if you touch me, I go, ding. It doesn't work like that. Uh, Vance Havner, the old Southern Baptist evangelist, boy, he was a character, colorful preacher. He once said, if you lack wisdom, go to if you lack knowledge, go to school. If you lack wisdom, get on your knees. <laughs> I like that. Knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is the proper use of knowledge. It's when you take the truth of God and you live it. You submit to his truth and, and you follow him. James 1, 5 through 8 says it like this. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That that man should not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because he's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. But the stability comes when we say, God, I'm going your way. 
I'm following you. I'm trusting you. I'm putting your truth to the test in each decision that I make, in each opportunity to follow you. He goes a little further down the chapter in James 3.17 in describing that wisdom. He says, but the wisdom that comes down from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, submissive, considerate, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And he says, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. That's the church. That's wisdom crying out through each of us to a place where there's no answers. People are desperate. People are starved. People are broken. And they need to know Jesus. So how does that happen? It happens when we, not super saints, but broken saints who know the Savior enter into their lives. And they're not looking for somebody to, you know, can pinpoint and name all their sins. They're looking for somebody who loves them. They're looking for someone who cares about them. Matter of fact, one of the most amazing testimonies of God's people is when we're able to do stuff without grumbling and complaining. And that is so hard. Do you ever find yourself, I do, when someone starts to complain and you think, oh, wait a minute, I got something a little bigger. I got something hurts a little more than that. Let me tell you about it. Oh, it's so easy to do that. That's why it says in uh, Philippians 2, I think it's 14 and 15. Ah, let me look it up instead of trying to quote it. In Philippians 2, of course, we're in Philippians, just past there. Great section of Scripture, guys. He says, uh, do everything without complaining or arguing, Ouch. so that you may become blameless and pure, children without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. (laughs) Wow. When you're not complaining, you're not arguing, you're not grumbling, you stand out. Why? Because that's typical. That's what we do. He says, but at that moment, man, you, you sparkle like stars in the universe. There's a testimony there. Man, something's different about this nut. What is it? It's Jesus. That's the kind of work he does. Uh, Number two, wisdom speaks trustworthy things. Look here at verses uh, 6 through 11. He says, listen, I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what's true. My lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Man, we live in an age where everybody says, you know, we just need to get along, and we need to be tolerant of each other, and we need to love each other, and and, and truth is just relative. You know, if you believe it's true, it's true. If I believe it's true, it's true. And we'll just all be one big happy family and sing Kumbaya and, 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 you know, and all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is, positive thinking will only take you so far. 
don't get me wrong, we need to be positive. I just said it. We don't grumble, we don't complain. But I'm also positive that I need a Savior. I'm also positive that we're broken. I'm also positive that Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that's a capital T truth. It's truth that's found in a person. It's not truth that is different things to different people. It's a Savior dying on a cross, being raised from the dead, and being at the right hand of the Father, interceding so that we might be forgiven. That's truth. That's hope. Um, you know, in this culture, it, I say it all the time. From, you know, Richard used to say, from goo to the zoo to you. You know, all the evolution stuff. Started out just a little piece of goo. and you know, Then you're in the zoo and then it's you. But that's not what the scriptures have to say. Man is made in God's image. God loves us. Yeah, we are more than a monkey or a bug. God created man in his image, in his likeness. We're not just like the other animals. The, the, the scriptures de declare this clearly. And I love it as, as someone has said, I heard the gospel, and then I heard the gospel, and then I heard the gospel, and praise God, one day I heard the gospel. You see, it, it's not enough just to hear the gospel. Man, it, it's got to sink in. Grab a hold of you so that you can see clearly who God is and who you are and you need Him. It, it, it's not enough just to hear about Him. You have to come to that place where you need Him. Where, where He's the hope. In verse 7, he said, I detest wickedness. The Hebrew means contrary of moral truth and right. Where there's an understanding that sin, as Billy Sunday used to say, is, is not a cream puff, but a rattlesnake. <laughs> Man, it'll, it'll bite you, and it's a poison that will destroy you. And we need to be rescued. And, and that's what the gospel is about. And as someone has said, I can't hear what you're saying because of what you're doing. <laughs> um, your actions are so loud, I can't hear your words. And when God gets a hold of us, wisdom is able to take effect. Why? Because wisdom is the application of spiritual knowledge. People are able to see Christ when our lives follow Christ. It's not just the words. It's when He gets a hold of us and transforms us. You know, we can claim to have a position of prominence, but if our lives don't match up with the position, it won't take long before people don't listen to us. It was said years ago when uh, Jimmy Carter was president, he spoke at a business meeting in Tokyo. He had a translator. Everybody else spoke Japanese. Uh, he told a joke that he said was, you know, maybe it was a little funny, but not, you know, like stitches in the side funny. He said, but after he told this joke, took the translator just a moment to translate, and they broke out in hysterical laughter. He thought, now, it's not that funny. So he asked the translator later, he said, well, what did you say when I told the joke? What, what was the translation? He said, President Carter is telling a very funny joke laugh. 
And so they responded. We have a God who does deserve our respect, but he's a God that just doesn't tell us something and so we obey. He's true. He loves us. Guys, he's for us. And he wants to touch lives through us. We can really place the weight of our lives upon him and not be disappointed. That, that's the, the truth of, of wisdom that he gives us. Wisdom fears the Lord. Uh, verses 12 and 13. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Wisdom is to fear the Lord. It's to revere the Lord. It's to respect the Lord. It's to bow in the presence of the Lord. You know, like the song we close with this morning, Bow the Knee. I don't understand all the time, God, but I'm going to bow the knee to you. At Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord. You guys will quote it with me. You got Bible scholars. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. See, I know about three or four translations, so I probably threw in at least two different translations and quoting that. King James, New American Standard, NIV. Sometimes, But it all comes together. When we trust in the Lord, not, not my understanding, but wisdom is when we put his word into action in our lives. Lean not on understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. He gets the platform. He, he gets the glory. He gets the attention, not me. Uh, when that happens, he says, I'm going to direct your path. I'm going to lead you the way you should go. Um, great British statesman in the 1800s, 1868 and 1894, he served as prime minister, uh, W. Gladstone of Britain. It said that once he said in a, a college, uh, that was a Christian college, and he talked at some length about blessings he had seen through his life in Britain among the English people. And people were so amazed by his outlook and the joy that flowed out of his life. They asked him, they said, Sir, we'd understand you don't worry about anything. Is there nothing that depresses you? And, and, and here's his words. Listen to this. He answered slowly, there is one thing that frightens me, the fear that God seems to be dying out in the minds of men. Wow. That scares me today. The, the fear that God seems to be dying out in the minds of men. It reminded me of Psalm 10, verse 4. What a verse in the NIV. They've updated this translation, so a lot of what I know, they've changed it some, just enough to aggravate me, but, but okay, enough of that. Psalm 10, 4, he says, In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Just camp out there a second. In his pride, what, what is pride? God, I don't need anybody but me. I can handle it. I can resolve it. I'm enough. There's a good Greek word for that, baloney. You know, it's not true. Just wait. Eventually you'll see you're not enough. 
He says, in his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. There it is, boy. And then I think to myself, God, how often is there no room in my thoughts for you? Isn't that humbling? It's humbling. 1 Corinthians one thirty one. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.31 So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it for His glory. Alright, uh, one more of these. Wisdom produces good fruit. Let's look at verses 19 through 21. Um, My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice. Bestowing wealth on those who love me. And making their treasuries full. He says my fruit is better than fine gold. We look at gold, we look at silver, um, a big bank account, you know, those things that we see as having value. And yet wisdom says, uh, my fruit is better. (laughs) My fruit is lasting. You see, other fruit does not last forever. But what is of God is enduring, it is lasting, it's going to be there for all of eternity. You know, I, I started thinking about the basis of, of fruit, you know, how fruit grows. And typically, you know, you have a seed and the seed finds moist, fertile soil, works its way into the soil. Um, then eventually it germinates. And then that little seed begins to take root. And then that little seed begins to push up until it it breaks the surface of the soil and comes into the light. And then with rich soil and, and good water and light, that plant begins to grow until that plant reaches a point to where it begins to flower. And it's, it's attractive as you look at the flower, the bloom. And, and inside of that flower, there's nectar. And the bees come and, and, and they drink of that sweet nectar. And when they do, they take pollen from that flower. And they pollinate the flower and carry it to a, another flower. And, and in the process of that pollination, fruit begins to grow. And as that fruit begins to grow... Then animal comes after the fruit grows, eats the fruit, and seed falls. <laughs> process starts all over again. And, you know, I started thinking about that. and I thought about how God works in our lives through fruit. He, he takes the seed, which is the Word of God, God's very truth. And, and he, he takes that seed and He looks for fertile soil, which we're fertile soil, hopefully. <laughs> the man, the woman, the... The person who who says, God, I'm not close to you. In all my thoughts, there is room for you. I'm I'm looking. I'm searching. I I need you, God. 
And so there's that fertile soil, and, and the Word of God finds that fertile soil, and, and it germinates there. I love uh, in James chapter 1, this is described. Um, it's James 1, 19, I believe. Or, no, that's not right. 21, maybe? Let's see. Yeah, it says... Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word of God planted in you, which can save you. What happens? That word germinates and and then it begins to grow in you and, and it begins to head toward the light. Who is the light of the world? Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And then as, as it sees the light, that 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 moist fertile soil connected with a light, that, that seed, the Word of God, it begins to grow. And, and that flower is attractive. And people out there, they're looking for hope. They're looking for answers. And they see you. And they see God working in your life. And it makes a difference. It impacts somebody. And, and then after that, they, they see that. And, and fruit's there. And that fruit makes a difference. And, and they're able to investigate that fruit. And then they're able to personally... Taste the fruit of God. The truth of God. And the result of that, salvation. Is that fruit seed? And then what happens? That seed just falls on more soil. Looks for more hearts. And the gospel goes forth. People are saved. And there's blessing all around. That, that's the story of fruit. And of course, what's the fruit, Bible students? Uh, y'all can help me with this. I know you can out of Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Help me. Love, joy, peace. All right, Dwayne, we'll ride you. Patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. Yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to remember. Okay, that's King James, that's NASB. <laughs> but we all got it. Man, when God gets a hold of our lives, that's what people see. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's NIV. But, but that's, those things come out. That, that fruit is available and people say, man, I need that. And what is that? It's Jesus. That's what it is. It's Christ. That's the wisdom that's at work. Wisdom's not about, you know, the one with the most toys wins. Wisdom's about the one... Who discovers he's loved in Jesus Christ and finds forgiveness and a new start. That's the one that wins. First John 5, 4 says, And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Being born of God in Jesus Christ. That's where there's victory. What he say? He said in Romans 8, If God be for us, who can be against us? We're winners. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. As we've taken time tonight to look at wisdom, and all wisdom is is where truth becomes my truth. Where my life lines up with you, dear Jesus. And people are starved for you. And you have chosen to use us as your posters, um, your signs of... Hope and change. I don't know why you choose such a 
frail sign that you have. I pray that as we leave this place tonight, that, Father, we would be open to you and that wisdom would cry out through us to a world that needs to know they're loved, to a world that needs to hear the gospel and hear the gospel and hear the gospel and praise be to God, hear the gospel. I I just pray for that. And thank you for letting us come back tonight and be together. As we leave here, Father, may we leave with the understanding that you walk with us, that we're with you not just in this building, but wherever we go, Lord. People need to see you. Uh, Father, what do you want to do in our lives as we have this time to respond? You you know what we need. Um, you know what others need and what you want to do through us. So may the answer simply be yes to your call. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.